a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Let's lock in. This is Unrivaled. Yes! Yes! The teams you live for, the sports you love. With Scott Mitchell and Alex Keurig, presented by G2G Bars. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hey everybody, happy Friday to you. Welcome on in. It's another edition of Unrivaled 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Alex Curie, Scott Mitchell, we are at the warehouse here in Salt Lake City, 1825 South, 300 West. Scott, it's good to be back. It's always good to be at the warehouse. It's Friday. We're usually here on Friday. Love Fridays. It's Plus, we've been... got a couch. It's comfy. I know. Scott's barely able to be with us. We're sitting on the couch. We are. We're going to have a, a two-hour therapy session here on the, on yes. the couch. A little bit of a shorter sport, show today. Sports therapy session. You got yourself a, a jazz thunder tilt that uh, pregame is going to fire up at uh, 5 o'clock. What does tilt actually mean? It's one of those sports terminologies. It's like a – it's not a – it's not an opponent, it's a foe. It's not a game, it's a tilt. <laughs> so yeah, it's but like, what is tilt? It's what, a matchup. Yeah. <laughs> it's a matchup. <laughs> okay, so what does a tilt mean? <laughs> it's, I get that it's a matchup, but it's like... Is it a reference to... See, when I hear tilt, I think of the tilt the world you know, in the carnival. See, you know, I think of when you're trying to tilt. cheat at the uh, pinball machine. Oh, yeah. That's what I think yeah. of. So, yes, they are tilting against one another. How dare they? Yeah. So that's tonight. 5 o'clock is going to be your pregame, uh, 6 o'clock tip. And so we'll jam as much as we can in right here on your Friday here for you. I do want to jump in, and we had a heated discussion at the uh, Mo Betas over here. We, we'd like <laughs> to meet up for our show prep at the Mo Betas. Yes. Not a better place to uh, no. to prep. They to should prep pay us Mo for Betas. that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Not a better place to prep for our shows at Mo Betas. So we're over there. Uh, and this is how we get ready for the for our Friday shows. We we go over there, we chat about what we're going to talk about, we get our computers out, and we kind of jam there. The staff must be sick of us, by the way, too, because we're kind of yelling about things in the middle of the uh, restaurant. Yeah, we had a tilt at right in the middle of the, <laughs> it rest, was the, the restaurant. The two foes tilting in the middle <laughs> of the restaurant. So uh, we got into this very discussion, and I thought, you know what, I cannot believe we're actually having this discussion. We've been kind of fake talking about it. Nothing's official, of course, uh, but it just feels like there's so many things going on with the conference realignment talk, and Brett Yormark is an astute businessman. So is George Klyavkov, and George Klyavkov might be shaking in his boots right now with the possibility of other teams thinking about going somewhere else, which is exactly what we're talking about because it might affect us here in the state of Utah. Let's jump into the cut here at the top of the program.
The other question. Undeniable, unrivaled. Top sports story of the hour. Here's what made the cut. Are Utah fans comfortable enough in their own skin to admit that a Big 12 move might not be a bad deal? In fact, it might be the better deal of what you would be getting when it comes to the Pac-12 and its instability. More reports pointing to now the four corner schools, which are only three of the four corner schools, right. by the way. Just call them the three corners then if you're not including New Mexico. It's or put triangle. your money, Or put your money where your mouth is and invite Las Cruces and Albuquerque into this game. Let's get New Mexico, New Mexico State in this whole conversation. Uh, the big, Stop it. So the Big 12. Or, or you call it a triangle, not a corner. Yeah. No, a triangle makes it sound like it's haunted. Well, no, it's the Bermuda Triangle where everything goes to disappear. So, oh, boy. <laughs> the, the Triangle schools just, uh, oh, they're going to disappear from the Pac-12. So, Utah, Utah, Utah Colorado, um, Arizona, 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 State. Arizona State. The possibility of those schools coming to the Big 12, it's not, it doesn't look like, oh, this is going to happen. What it looks like is is that there are conversations which might lead to the thought of there at least being a plan B. And I want BYU and Utah fans to... Search their real feelings on this thing. I know so many people who don't care for that game anymore, and I'm not sure why. I want you to look at the overall picture here. It's November 23rd, and instead of having to travel to your fake rival, uh, in Utah's case, Colorado, in BYU's case, uh, West Virginia, or no, this year, who is it? Oklahoma State. That you could be playing a game that would have Sugar Bowl implications that might be getting you to the Big 12 championship game. Whatever it might be, I just I, I want to know if people have a real problem with those guys being the, – the thing is right now, and this is my assumption, BYU fans are like, we didn't get to have our own little thing over here. You know, obviously the Pac-12 and anybody moving over there would take a minute, but this was BYU's big move that they were able to earn on their own. It felt like they were making – they bought their own house with their own down payment they saved up for. And now, big, big brother moved out of the house. And right, now and you get the big bedroom. Right, and yeah. now big brother moves back in. Wait, did I just say big brother? Yeah, equal good. footing sibling, <laughs> twin twin sibling <laughs> comes in, and and is and and I think that there's this feeling of, well, dang it, we didn't get to have our own little moment in the sun where we could point at your conference and say you guys are weak, and then Utah fans can't deal with the idea of maybe groveling a little bit and going, could we come into your conference? And I think that that's a real thing. Those might be the things they have on top of the fact that people are reluctant about this series still, which I still don't get. So I think Utah and BYU being in the same conference would be massive. You know, they, look, they've been in the same conference in the in the Western Athletic Conference, in the Mountain West Conference, and those were those were kind of secondary places. This is the this is the big time, and you have a, a you know this a tremendous rivalry, which is so good and so good for college football. And would actually, maybe for the first time, be more of a, a, a played out on a national stage. You know, when you're in, in a big time conference and you and you're having your rivalry game, and like you said, it means something at the end of the year. Then this this rivalry really could take off. I, I get I I don't get why people don't want the rivalry at all. I don't. I think it I think it's tremendous. I think it's incredible. And really, I I would say. Maybe for the first time completely in the conference, both of these teams would be playing on equal footing. They'd be playing on equal footing as far as recruiting goes. 
they'd be playing on equal footing as far, far as you know where you know where they might be. But I, I don't think they're I don't think they're the same right now. I think I think Utah would do very well uh, in in the Big Twelve. When I look at the Pac-12, like first of all, that when Utah went there, it was so exciting. Like it was like I can't I can't believe we're in the Pac-12. Like it was a right. big big deal conference mm-hmm. and it's just so sad that it's just become a shell of itself like nobody cares now but if when i looked at the at the bit at the pac-12 i was afraid of usc i was if usc got a, out of its own way and was what it and it, what it really could be and it started to turn that way with uh with um lincoln riley there utah has no chance of beating usc if usc is at its very best they're going to get better players. They're going to. They're, they're, you're not going to beat them. I could say the same thing about Oregon. If Oregon could get out of its own way, and if it was really at the top of its game in the Pac-12, uh, Utah's not going to beat Oregon. They're not going to beat Washington either. Well, let me tell you something. But too. there's no school in the Big in the Big 12 presently, including the four teams that are coming into the conference, and you could even add uh, Oklahoma and Texas into that. For and Utah would never be in that that conference right. when they're there, anyways. Yeah. But if you're a Utah fan and you go into the Big 12, there's no, you could immediately say to yourself, we can we can compete for a, a conference oh, championship. Oh, I'll go even further today. And say, I'll go even further and say this: Utah would come in and they'd be the best football team right now if they were in the pack. Yeah. If they if they came into the Big 12, so is, is that crazy for me to say? No, because just look at what the performance has been. Just look at what the performance has been. Do you look at Texas and Oklahoma? Do you look at, at even uh, TCU right now and go, TCU is better than Utah? I, I, I don't think that's the case right now because they're losing their quarterback and a bunch of other guys to, yeah. the, to the draft. But I think that Utah would come in and it would be as big of a program as any of the ones that have already been added. Like if you were to if you were to look at the four schools they're adding right now, Cincinnati, Central Florida, uh, BYU, and uh, I'm missing one, uh, Houston, then you'd go – yeah, Utah actually is bigger than those than those schools. I mean, it, I think it would be BYU. I think in that group is a big get, and I think Utah would be right there, it, or or maybe even a little bit more. So what you have? So now, if you're adding it, then then if it's better, if this makes your conference better, then what's your freaking problem? And on top of it, you won't have to do all of the all the travel stuff, right? Well, if you, right. That, you split the divisions up, and then you don't have to go to Central Florida every other year. Uh, you don't have to go to Cincinnati or, or, or Morgantown. That's a lot less frequent. And and so maybe that's a better deal. Utah would unfortunately go in and be the BYU fans should be excited about this. They'd be the dead last uh, team in basketball, <laughs> at least in terms of uh, people showing up for the games. Yeah. And so that's a program that I think would actually. But that's a good thing. It would infuse, I think, a historic program that has lost its luster in the last few years, and it would, might need something like that because the Pac-12 is not a place that it lives and gets a lot of attention. Uh, the Big Twelve basketball would bring something else, and it would force Utah, and I think Craig Smith would be the kind of guy that could actually help in that to be able to get you into a a spot where you're filling up the Huntsman Center again and basketball is big up again well, up at the University yeah, of Utah. And, and, it, and it has been big there before. But yes. uh, you look at how the conference would be it would be shaken up, and BYU wouldn't be an outlier anymore, and you truly have uh, three locations of teams. You'd have teams out west. You'd have teams in the central part of the country. And you'd have the t- and, and you'd have teams on the, on the East Coast, and that's really I think what uh, the the Big Twelve wanted, and that's quite frankly the uniqueness that I think sets them apart and and makes them special in college in college athletics. You you have the Big Ten, and 
and it's kind of in that upper Midwest part of the country in the Southeast Conference, but you just have this kind of swath right through the whole middle of the country from mm-hmm. coast to coast, and that's appealing. Uh, it's a, it's a appealing in a, in a lot of ways. And the other the other thing that I, I think, you know, and, I, and I've heard this. I'm not going to say where I've heard it, but I oh, have boy. heard this before. Hold on, everybody. Bend your ear to the radio. That Turn it up a little bit. That there there was an exit strategy in place in the in the event that the Pac-12 started heading south. south. And and you look at, at the Big 12 certainly makes a whole lot of sense. And knowing that the Big 12 has the ability with their new TV rights deal to renegotiate if new teams came in. Like it's not just it's not ironclad set in stone. You know, you can't you can't add any any other schools. And I think you'd have to be foolish to think that as much as they want to consummate their relationship yeah. as members of the Pac twelve, yeah. I just I just don't know that you can truly trust anyone else. You're you're gonna trust an alliance, a friendship that you've had with some you know, if if you're the athletic director at Utah and maybe you know and you're really good buddies, and I'm not saying this is the case. I'm just using that as a as a hypothetical. And you're really good buddies with, you know, the assistant um, commissioner at the Big 12, and you guys were in school together, or you were at some other university together. I'm sure that there's back channel conversations that go on in those those arenas. And I, I think you know, because we keep hearing a bunch of stuff, right? And we, and we, and this is the newest thing that we've heard. There are discussions going on that uh, the four corner schools are, are talking to the Big 12 Conference again. Now, you hear uh, publicly these schools say, well, we never talked to them in the first place. But someone is leaking information. And people aren't going to tell you, you know, the University of Utah is not going to tell you what they're really doing. Um, Arizona State is not going to tell you publicly what they're really doing. But someone is trying to share information publicly to either send a message or for some kind of cu- communication. Think back in the Cuban Missile Crisis, right, in the, in the 1960s. Like, the U.S. didn't know what the Russians were doing, um, but they, they had back channels. They had ways of publicly making some statements that actually w- they, were, they were actually sending a message and seeing if that message was received. And it feels a little bit like this. It feels a little cloak and dagger, you know, a little... A little, uh, you know, subterfuge here. We're gonna, hey, uh, we're gonna send our message out, and and it's a coded message, and it means this, but um, because it, you know, someone might know. You may be one of the fourth corner schools, and you may not know that the Big Twelve is out there, and they will talk to you, and they will invite you into the conference, and you can become a part of the conference. If uh, so, so getting it out there publicly so people know. Hey, Jeremy. Write it down, uh, Friday, uh, March 3rd of 2023, Cuban Missile Crisis reference during uh, the show. <laughs> In comparison to, uh, as, a, as a metaphor for the Pac-12 yes. melting down. Yes. So, we so who's, Russia, who's Russia in this thing then? Ooh, that's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to say Russia, unfortunately, is probably the Pac-12 oh, at this point. Oh, yeah. Because it, <laughs> it, looks, like a, look it looks like the Pac-12 is about ready to ex- implode, oh, you know? Yeah. And, and no, and no shots hey, are going to be fired. Com- communism didn't work, right? Shot, no shots are going to be fired. No. The Cold War could still go on, but these teams. Listen, let me just say to you, BYU fan who rolls their eyes and goes, "I don't want to play Utah in the Big 12. Let the hate flow <laughs> yes. through you. 
listen, not just let the hate flow through you. There's a reason. They're, look, heroes, villains, both teams think that they're one or the other. Right. You need this. And there's no version of this right now. And all we've been talking about is, so who's BYU's rival going to be in the, big, in the Big 12? Is it Oklahoma State? That'd be fun. None of it is organic or makes sense or is in the same freaking time zone. When you're searching for people who are not even in your time zone and you're, are your quote-unquote rivals, get out of here. There's no re- Then it's not real. So this is – Who did I hear? This is natural. Yeah. It's organic. It's uh, – It's a great deal. I'm just – It's appropriate that it's going to be played around Thanksgiving every year because it's awkward to get together with your family members, but you have to freaking do it. And you know what? You're waiting for that weird moment where it blows up a little bit at Thanksgiving, but you wouldn't have it any other way because it's your family Thanksgiving. And you, and if you're the guy who goes, I'm just not going to go to Thanksgiving anymore, no one likes you either, bro. Okay? So get over it. No one li- no one wants that. We want to have Utah and BYU back together again, shaking hands and then punching each other in the mouth. Well, if, if uh, yeah, you definitely want the, the rivalry to happen. I don't think there's any, any question about that. There is a question. People are refusing. They're acting like they've never – no, I would never want that game ever again. I don't know anything like it. I don't know anything like it. And I'm not saying it's on the same level, but do, do Michigan and Ohio State fans hate each other so much to be like, I'd prefer never to play those guys ever again. They never say they don't want to play each other again, but there's there's a real hatred there. Of course and, there and is. And Urban Meyer understood that when he came here. and He, he tried, did it at both places. He, he tried to kind of stir it up, you know, n- never referring to them by their name, but it's the team down south. Mm-hmm. It's the – and that was that was a you know, he did the thing where he crosses that was a whole, out all the M's that was and a whole, everything. Yeah, that was a whole on Woody their play Hayes. sheet. They're like yeah. have all these plays and even that was if an the Earl word, Bruce and a, yes. and a Woody Hayes deal. Yes, and, yes, yes. And 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 the reality is is you you can't take that too serious. You have to kind of do it with a little tongue in cheek, and and that, and that's perfectly okay. I I don't have a problem uh, with with that type of rivalry. I will tell you this, though, if you're Utah in the Pac-12, I would be extremely nervous about what's going on, and um, I, would, I would certainly know that uh, you, can't, you can't be foolish enough to think that the Pac-12 is going to just stand by itself uh, the way that it's constituted. It's, it's, it's just not in, a good, it's not in a good place. It's not in a good position, and it's going to change. I, I had someone say to me that Utah should just – Hold tight to Colorado, like they came into the into the Pac-12 together, and they have this rivalry and this this brotherhood together, and and that could that's the worst thing in the world. That that's the furthest thing, I think, it, from the truth that you should actually do if you're Utah is 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 continue to hit yourself. Maybe it's someone that came on our show. Do you remember? You might maybe you might not have been. Maybe I can't it remember on what Monday the, uh... or something. But anyway, someone said, yeah, you know. Uh, Utah needs to follow Colorado wherever Colorado huh? goes. That's where that's where Utah needs to go. Mine. And and Utah. Speaking of rivalries, Utah does not have a rival in the Pac-12. I don't know that it. I don't know. It'd have to play you know a hundred years before it might find an actual rival. There was a a slight rivalry happening between USC and Utah. Uh, there was also a, a bit of a rivalry with Oregon, but but nothing that's like meaningful. And to have here in the state of Utah, I mean, I mean, recruiting changes. Recruiting gets exciting. You get, you're going to compete for players in in recruiting, and I mean, it just, it could just be a really, you know, a really great thing. And and maybe, um, maybe in the whole existence of the rivalry, it 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 actually gets played out with the most level playing field. 
back in the day, Lavelle was was at, at BYU. It was not level. Before Lavelle was there, it was not level. Uh, you know, McBride came along. It was, you know, it was kind of, eh, I don't know that it was totally level, but he certainly won, you know, won more than, than maybe he lost. But then when Utah went to the Pac-12, it just totally changed. And then it then it was in favor of Utah. So now now maybe having on on the biggest stage you could possibly get being power 5 teams in the country, this rivalry could be something that could could be really 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 special. Let and I think a... both these teams could benefit from it and and uh, and, oh, and make them a whole lot better. Look, somebody tweeted and said, hey, do your research. Your claim on having to split revenue with any new schools is not accurate. I don't remember saying that. Did you say that? I don't know what the deal is that they'd have to make. I don't. Here's the thing. They just There's have the ability be, to negotiate. They would have the ability to be able to negotiate. Right. I don't know what that would look like. Huh. But what I'm saying is, is that if schools showed up, it would be in ESPN's interest and whomever. All these guys who are your embedded so, from the media side of things would want to get a piece of that. And obviously, it would be worth a little bit more. I don't know what that looks like. If, but let, if Brett Yormark is going out and he's saying we want to expand, he's able. To, and if he's having yes. conversations with people right now, then yeah, there's the ability to go and negotiate with uh, uh, with teams coming. It's into like the a lot of things. You've got to figure out. You you would figure it out. These guys would say, "I don't care. We're just going to make it work." If they thought it was big, uh, let me let me. <laughs> so I've got a few people going at. I have to read this one first via text. This is from. Uh, this is from Brian. Now his Twitter handle is True Blue, uh, B- True Blue BYU nineteen eighty four. So you know we're <laughs> don't do an eye roll, but this is my favorite part. Holy hell, Scott Mitchell already doing arrogant Ute things by saying the Utes would be even bigger, would be even better than TCU in the Big Twelve. TCU won a playoff game and went to the national championship game. How do you not slap him, Alex? That's a great question. <laughs> but I love the idea of already doing Ute things. Now this is already, but let me just. Let me point out why this is important. Utes, I've gotten a million tweets in the last little bit Alex, all about this. This is how you know that you should make this move exactly. happen. Yep. This is why you know it should yep. happen. I don't want – this is from Wild Turkey Fart Blunt, one of my favorite tweet, tweeter names of all time. <laughs> uh, Alex Curie, I don't want Utah in the Big 12, but I absolutely want the rivalry to continue. BYU can always do a home-and-home and, home, uh, and, and an away deal with, uh, with Utah. Every third year, BYU returns uh, the favor and makes a trip to RES. I don't, I, I don't know. Like, that, that seems watered down to me. No, but, but let me ask. It's a great question, okay? Can you just have that? Have your cake and eat it, too, kind no. of a thing with the rivalry. If you're, if you're in the Pac-12 and you don't have USC and UCLA, do you really want to be in the Pac-12? Do you really want to be in the Pac-12? I don't, I don't know that you do. I seriously don't. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just thinking of it. It's like, I mean, you could argue, say, well, you, you're going to have a better opportunity to win a conference yeah. championship. Yep. I just don't trust that this – that the conference has any any validity to it, and then the talent goes elsewhere. It goes to other conferences, and I, I just I, with ten teams, and with the only prospects being SMU and San Diego State, it's not a strong conference. Yeah. BY, uh, Utah would come into the Big Twelve, and they would be consistently over the last decade the best team in that conference immediately. And I know that TCU, you, a lot of people make an argument, TCU was better, they went to the national championship game. I get it. I, I get it. And, and, and the fight that's happening already there is going, and people are going, well, what luck? It wasn't luck. They, they had to win all those games, and they blew out, or but, they, but they how, beat up Michigan. I, mean, I was like, yeah, it's fine. What I'm saying is, is right now, TCU and Utah lining up against one another this fall, I think Utah wins that football, uh, football game. But how, how? And that's what you're talking right. about. The, the, that would be maybe the Big 12 championship game. 
you know, obviously this I'm not talking about this actually happening. What I'm saying is is look at look at the next couple of years. Look at what Kyle Winningham has built consistency wise. You have to admit, and if you're a BYU fan, it's freaking good for your conference to bring in better teams than uh, just you know Central Florida, Cincinnati. And certainly, heaven knows, I don't, want, I, don't, I don't want to have Colorado come over and then pray that everything turns out right with, uh, with, uh, with, D, with Neon Dion at the helm. All right, well, we've got to take a break. Um, we can fight about this a little bit further. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. This is Unrivaled with Scott Mitchell and Alex Curie. With the access and insight on the teams you're passionate about. I love it, baby. Presented baby, baby, by G2G Bars. This is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It is Unrivaled. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Happy Friday. Hey, Scott, happy Friday. You know what I say? Mm-hmm. Go, Jazz. Just go jazz. You don't have to say go jazz win. Uh, you just say go jazz. Whatever you do, good enough for me. I'm in this you guys for the long lose? haul. Awesome. I'm in you this guys for the long win? Haul. Eh, okay, that's good too. Go jazz. Go jazz. And at what point do you start getting grumpy though? Do you give yourself uh, a couple of years right oh, now? I got a couple of years before I can get grumpy. Oh, okay. Wow. I'm, congratulations. I, See, I, I'm conv- I toggle between being upset about uh, at any given time what the jazz are doing because I'm like, gosh dang it. When you watch a game like you did, when you lose to the Spurs, and I know you know when Johnny Juzang's taking threes, you're thin on the roster. But I mean, you're in a you're in a spot right now where you're going on the road. That was a little painful to watch. Yeah. Six I'm not games lie. on the road, starting tonight, a double dipper tonight, and then Sunday in uh, in Oklahoma City. Which, I bet the Jazz lose all six games. How have we not made a promo out of David Locke talking about how he doesn't have enough underwear to get through this road trip? <laughs> Go commando. We've got to figure it out. Yeah, and then you telling him to go commando during the games. Jeez. Uh, Probably right. have a better call if he does. Hey, our program is always brought to you by G2G Bars, all natural ingredients, no preservatives. Uh, it is a protein bar that does not quit. We appreciate their support. And also, guys, Re Medicals, Utah's only physician on an operated wellness clinic offering ED treatments that are discreet, non invasive, and customized to your needs. Remedical.com is the website. That is remedical.com. Uh, so a couple of things, Ryan Smith, the jazz owner went on hands and Scotty today. I want to be, I want to, if you missed any of those, you can go back and listen on the podcast as well. Uh, but I wanted to play a couple of just about the TV partnership right now. Cause AT&T, um, Sportsnet is going away as a TV provider, uh, for these jazz games. And so what does that look like? Uh, Hans and Scotty asked about that. And here's what Ryan Smith, the owner of the jazz said about it. Oh, no. Everyone's watching games, jazz games, in the, in the same way they do right now through the end of the year, like through through the end of our season. So no one needs to worry that all of a sudden it's all going to stop. And so we'll get that out of the way first and foremost. So you're not going to expect a bunch of disruption um, on that. There was a lot of teams that were involved in those announcements and, you know, our, our contract's up at the end of this season. And so um, 
we're going to work hard to do exactly what we said we were going to do when we took over is trying to get ubiquitous access to our fans all over the state and beyond for the Jazz games. What is your number one goal in the next round of negotiation and distribution, Ryan? What's the number one thing that you want to try to achieve with that next contract and distribution? Well, yeah, so distribution has changed in a way that there's no scenario probably within this next round where financially the Jazz aren't going to take a massive hit from the previous world. Everyone knows that, everyone sees that, and that's just part of it. Like, And it is what it is. I think the, the number one goal that I have is I want every single Jazz fan, no matter where they are in the state and beyond, to be able to watch our games in any format that they want to. And I want it to be easy. I want it to be accessible. And, you know, right now, I mean, I come from the experience world. Everyone knows that. Like, we don't have a great experience. And I think our partnership with AT&T has been great. But at the same time, like, being able to provide our games to 30, 40, 50% of the possible fans in the state is not ideal for anyone. And I think our players, our coaches, our team, everyone is working hard in the organization deserves to have that product out there and a ubiquitous way. And so that's probably all I'll jump in and say, and we're working on it, but it's something that like my line on this has not changed from the second that we took over, like, the fan experience can be better on this front. I get it. It's complicated, but it's in front of us, and I'm confident where we're going to end up, that that's the goal. And we'll have phenomenal options, and I think people will be pretty pleased. So overall, you have a high level of confidence that come September, October of next year that this will be in a place where you're going to be really proud of the distribution and where you're going to be at? I think so. I think it'll be a journey um, because like where you start with anything is never right or correct. Like you have to evolve and we're in a world with a lot of iterations. Um, and I think you're seeing that with MLS as they start next week or this week, or we're starting on Apple, Apple TV, like that's a journey and Eddie Q at Apple's, you know, a friend and has, has talked to me all about that, that, these partnerships need to be journeys together as opposed to we sign a deal and we don't look at it for 10 years. That never goes well. And so I think we're entering a new phase of these types of partnerships and um, I'm excited where it's going to be. You know, I talk to Ainge all the time about this is like in Boston, the, the, the way they had this viewership everywhere is just something that we have not had in a way. And, um, look, it's a financial hit. Like it's going to be a financial hit for the jazz. Like it is what it is. And we're going to have to figure out other ways, but you know, we believe in the product and we believe that'll work itself out down the road and we're going to have to take a bite at it, but it is what it is. Mm. And so like the most important thing is our fan experience and then we get it out there for everyone. There you go. Ryan Smith talking about the TV deal. I mean, he's, he admitted it. It's not a great spot right now. I had to look up what ubiquitous meant. Okay. <laughs> That's where we are on the program. It means kind of available for everybody, right? Kind of universal. Present, appearing, or found everywhere. Yes. And that's what we want to do. Hey, everybody. Uh, it's a good day when Scott's got to bust out the old dictionary.com. I'm not doing it for myself. <laughs> I'm doing it for the listeners. <laughs> I know there were people out there going, what the heck is ubiquitous? Uh, I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm glad you said it right. I'm, I'm surprised that you found it on the, the spelling situation there. That may be dumb, but I'm not stupid. <laughs>
Not sorry. No, sorry, not sorry, Jeremy yeah, says. Just... Hey, listen. Uh, but you know what? The reality is this. It's a disaster right now. Everybody looks, and we just, we've just dealt with it, right? You just kind of go, okay, I guess we're uh, guess I'm right, stealing, I guess I'm stealing my office's uh, login again. And, and the reality is is that I, there are Jazz fans. Would you pay paying 150 bucks for the league pass and then not getting the Jazz games in the first place? That's tough. And then, but what would the local streaming number be for you? Is it 20 bucks a month? That would totally be worth it for me. I don't know what the number is. I don't know where you, you know, they'll, they'll do that market research themselves. But Ryan Smith is no freaking slouch. He's going to change stuff to make it better. And that's what you're getting. And the TV situation right now is not good. And it, and it stinks because when you have, a, you have a great TV broadcast team, and nobody can see him half the time if, they, if they're really being honest with themselves. A smart businessman will look at his clients and go, I can have the greatest ideas in the world, but if no one likes them and nobody wants them, then it's terrible. And the biggest complaint you hear from jazz fans is, we can't watch the game. So if a jazz fan goes, is frustrated, they're mad, they're upset, we can't even get to games. So you know what, you know what they do? They turn, they tune it out. They just go. I'm off. I'm, I'm somewhere right. else. If it takes a little so bit, so Ryan for them to Smith go. goes. I have to be ubiquitous. Oh hey, there right. You go. I got to do it. I got to have it for everybody. Even if it's going to be a little bit painful for me, it's a better deal down the road because the more fans you have, the bigger fan base you you, you get. Guess what? Those fans are going to want to do. Got to make it big. Go to the game. They're going to want to buy merchandise. They're going to buy into the team, and maybe that's where you make it up. But make it available for everyone. Uh, don't don't upset. The natives, like yeah. that's why they had the Coliseum with the. Ro- they said, "How can we make all these people happy? We have big events. We let everyone enter and share and be a part of it. It's a bold, smart move, and and it may go contrary to what you might think. Oh no, we got to have people pay for this. We got to, but let everyone be a part of it, and it's a better deal. Let's take a break. We'll come back uh, when we do. We have our what are the odds? Our weekend. What are the odds? Rolling in here. A couple things to throw out there as well. So many more things to discuss. Uh, in about 12 minutes, you're going to get BYU defensive coordinator and assistant head coach Jay Hill, who's going to join us ahead of spring football for BYU next week. Tons of questions for him. Stay with us, 97.5 VKSL Sports Zone. What are the odds? Okay, sir, the bet is to you. All in, baby! You'll know exactly, um, more or less. What's going to happen? This is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. All right, everybody, welcome back. It is Unrivaled, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Our first hour is always brought to you by Trajan Wealth. Go visit their website, local trusted financial fiduciaries, trajanwealth.com. Uh, here's how, what are the odds work? Scott, I give you a scenario. You give me a 0 to 100% chance that thing will or will not happen. And then if there's a number that you want to associate with that jersey with, that uh, has that same jersey number, then uh, you get bonus points. It's a fake game. Re- points aren't actually real. But you know what? We keep tabs on each other if, uh, if the number is right or not. So there you go. Scott, uh, what are the odds that Utah does join the Big 12? Let's just throw it out there. You know, I, the more and more this drags on, the more and more I'm going to say, I'm going to say it's about 75-ish percent. But I'm going to go, you ready for this? I'm going to go Mike Murray, 78%, oh. the blur. Mm. So Mike Mike and I played at Utah. Again. I would assume. Yeah, he's the blur. I'm, You know, and I'm getting a lot of crap for saying that uh, that Utah would walk into the Big 12 and likely be 
the the best football team like immediately? Why is that? Why is that so hard to to think? But TCU just lost. They, uh, they'd compete for. They'd be one of the top TCU's teams in the losing conference. Their best players. I don't, I don't think that's including a their hard quarterback. Stretch. And I'm I'm just saying, and from a consistency level, my heavens! Hey, look, I get it. The Big Twelve, I think, generally is is better than the Pac-12 in a lot of things. Um, but I just think that the I don't, iteration, know, how you, I don't know how you could say I'm that. The Pac-12 is the, Pac, I'm is the conference of it. champions. Oh, come on. They I mean, won the well, – uh, like in yachting? I, All of it? Okay. Stanford's like, we won 19 national championships hang, this hang, year. Hang on. I got to watch myself because he graduated Cougar. from Stanford um, over here. Our volleyball team is just – our track and field hey. team at BYU. Our hey, cross-country hey. cross team is just outstanding you know at what? BYU. More people are watching the, the, the men's volleyball games than watch the men's basketball games at the University do you, of Utah. Do you, do you know that – I actually went to a men's volleyball game. It was pretty at good. BYU. At BYU. I know. Yeah. Smithfield has no joke, dude. L- listen. Listen to me, Linda. BYU might be a better fit for the Pac-12 than the Big the Big Twelve with all those auxiliary sports with their soccer, uh, their soccer and cross country, Mm -hmm. and they may 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 want to reconsider. Maybe 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 that's what they're doing. They're looking for a swap. They're looking for a swap. (laughs) Could you imagine? In conjunction with uh, like Mark Harlan and Tom Homo shaking hands on a picture online, I can just see it now. Brett Yormark and George Klyevkov, like, uh, giving the thumbs up in the background. Boy. We know you've invited us to your conference. We really appreciate it. it but we just. Thank you so much. We think it's a better fit over here. Could we? But Jeez. we found a proxy. That's we found someone true. who fits us. It's not true. It's not happening. No. Uh, okay. Travis Kelsey's hosting Saturday Night Live this week, by the way. Really? I'm always a little bit wary about the athletes who go on and. Some are good. Some are bad. Saturday Night Live. Most are bad. Yeah. Most are really bad. It's hard to watch. And Travis Kelsey is a he's uh, and they try to find their talents and kind of go down that road, yeah. but Travis Kelsey is uh, and he's an he's an energetic guy that does not necessarily translate into being a good host on a multi million viewership Look, uh, TV show. All he's got to say, you jabroni, will, just say you jabroni, yeah. and he'll be fine. Will he'll you? Be fine. What are the odds that you'll watch SNL with Travis Kelsey? Oh, I'll, I'd watch that. For all the reasons that you just mentioned, yeah, it's, if it, I would watch it knowing it's probably going to be yeah. a train wreck. Name three cast members the of problem, SNL right I'm, now. I can't even <laughs> name one. The problem is that the, that's what I was going to say. I, I, one, I can't stay up that late, and two, <laughs> you've turned into old man Mitchell oh, so quickly. Long time ago, Jeez. <laughs> it's not like I recently did I that. Know. Uh, oh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know. Okay, uh, I'm going to go with a. I'm going to go with a Patrick Mahomes 15 percent chance that I watch. Uh, Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I'd I give it a zero percent. You know, okay. I um, I saw Polony. I saw this thing with Bill Hader, mm-hmm. and and it's when he met um, uh, Keith Morrison from yeah. Dateline. Oh yeah, yeah. and and he's a just, massive fan. And oh, he's a huge fan. It was just it was just awesome. <laughs> it was so good. They, he Bill Hader does amazing impersonations, <laughs> and if you're a and if and if you love Dateline. Oh. Your dad just shot you in the face. <laughs> what did well, you do then? What did you think about that? <laughs> this is Unrivaled. Yes! Yes! The teams you live for. The sports you love. With Scott Mitchell and Alex Keurig. Presented by G2G Bars. On 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. So, so, so. All right, everybody, welcome on in. It's Unrivaled, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Alex Keery, former NFL quarterback Scott Mitchell, to my left. We are at the warehouse here in Salt Lake City. 
1825 South, 300 West. We got to jump right into the show here. The cut is where we open everything up here right at the uh, top of the hour. And that's what we're going to do right here. Let's jump right to it. The other question. Undeniable, unrivaled. Top sports story of the hour. Here's what made the cut. All right, the cut presented by G2G bars, all natural ingredients, no preservatives, uh, plenty of protein. If you have not tried a G2G bar yet, you go ahead and do it. Costco, Associated Foods, Holiday Oil, Maverick. Uh, you can find them all there in the refrigerated section. So there you go. Uh, they've uh, they've made a change to uh, college football this year. They have. What is yeah, it? Just ha- just uh, actually passed. Uh, so uh, there's no more after a team gets a first down, stopping the clock until so the last it, two minutes. Right. So an incomplete pass on a first down, the clock the clock keeps going, right? Yeah. Even on that. So like you get a first down, normally they set the chains, then the whistle. Play. Uh, How do they goes. find like that's so a, now that it just, seems it like just a, keeps going. That seems like an interesting. Uh, it seems weird. One, like I don't know how they they feel like they're gonna they're gonna recoup so much more time with that, um, or make these games shorter. That's what they're talking about. They're talking about player safety, and they're talking about making these games a little yeah. bit shorter. I'm all for making the, the the game a little bit more consumable, right? Sure. Uh, we won't ever cut off uh, a couple commercials here or there <laughs> like that's out of the question no. we will cut the game and we will cut the game only uh and we'll say it's going to be for uh player safety and then uh i used to hate game i used to hate tv timeouts you know it's like they kick it they kick the ball off and then you're you're ready to run on the field and let's go right right sure and then they go no 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 we're gonna have a timeout i was I and was... so i would purposely stand on the sideline mm-hmm. and wait till play was resumed and then i would go on the field okay because i didn't want to sit in the huddle for two and a half minutes, waiting for a commercial. Because <laughs> you're just in there, like, See, I and, just and, it, and a... it just totally disrupts the rhythm of everything. So it's, uh, okay, play's called. I run on the field, call the play, boom, just like you normally would. Uh, it's really weird, too, because you think about, of all the changes they could make to the game, and the fact that it takes an act of Congress usually to make those changes, like, to have it just said, hey, by the way, we're uh, no they, more stopping the clock on first down. So since 1968, that's how long this rule's been in place. Since 1968. Wow. Yeah. You know, uh, I was just thinking of running on the field. Um, th- there was another superstition I had. Well, oh, what was it? So Cause you, on the sideline, they have two liquid replenishing options. Yeah. Water, water Gatorade. Yeah. Now they right? got the pickle juice. Well, the, the pickle juice is for when you get cramps. And sure. that really works, it by the work, way. Yes. It's, a, it's a massive. So, so – how you had to do this is you, as you're coming off the field, you wanted to drink Gatorade. Okay. Because Gatorade, believe it or not, was kind of filling. And you didn't want to have that full feeling when you were going wow. back on the field. That's the dumbest superstition I've ever heard. <laughs> no, it's not. And then, and then if you're... You know, Gatorade is... Then if you're going on the field, <laughs> then you drank water. So... Coming off, Gatorade, th- going why, on, water. Why haven't I heard on the Gatorade commercials? Plus, <laughs> it's filling. <laughs> Compare, Tastes great, more filling. Let me just tell you, There's, that, when you you're football in a game, players, no, your no, superstitions no, no, no. are no, it's not whack, super, dude. It's not superstition. When you're in a game, the slightest uh, variance in, like, your stomach and what was going on <laughs> had a massive impact. You, plus, you were a thrower-upper, weren't you? No, I wasn't a thrower-upper. Oh, okay. No. But we know those. We know those folks. Oh, yeah, they, they're real. The old thrower-uppers. Those people exist. I like when the guys throw up and, they, and it's, like, normal, and then they go, okay, ready to go. And you're like, that was disturbing. Yeah. Uh, all right, joining us on the program right now, we appreciate him carving out some time. 
And, of course, getting ready for fall cam- or for uh, spring ball to start up next week down at BYU. He is the defensive coordinator and assistant uh, head coach at BYU. Jay Hill joining us on the program. Jay, thanks for being with us. Yeah, heck yeah. How are you guys doing? Oh, We're it's doing a, amazing. It's a fantastic Friday. Great to have you, Jay. Uh, we're yeah. like – we're wondering about spring football because every year I try to figure out how how important it is, how big of a deal it is, and every year it might be different based on the needs, the replacing that's going on, the transfer portals introduce something. It has become a totally different beast from the time that I think that uh, – I, I mean, you tell me. How much different is it now in 2023 versus even five years ago and when you're trying to get guys going, uh, you know, during spring ball, during your time as a head coach? Well, I think it's always been important. I still think it's important. Um, Each team is different. Like you said, you know, sometimes you have a veteran team and maybe you focus mostly on your young guys and getting them developed so you have good depth. Um, This year for us, it's super important to BYU because we have new quarterbacks on offense. We've got an entirely new defense uh, to install and to make sure the guys learn. So uh, this year, it's super important for us. Um, what went into your decision to uh, decide to go to BYU and become the defensive coordinator? A lot. Um, it, was, <laughs> it was it was Kalani. Um, the conversations I had with him, I thought was big. It was BYU and the program was huge. Just knowing they were going to the Big Twelve and the potential. Uh, BYU's always been special in football, but now you put the Big Twelve behind them. I think it's it's got a chance to really blow up. Uh, having the opportunity to work with a lot of coaches that I had worked with before, you know, Coach Roderick, Steve Clark, Fessy Sitake, Al Papunu, those guys are all on the offensive side of the ball. And then, uh, you know, on, on the defense, another thing that was exciting to me was to be able to hire my own staff and to put the guys together that we were able to put together. I mean, it's, it's one of my favorite staffs I've ever been a part of. And there, it was a massive coup to get some of the names that you have when you've sat down in these meetings already and you guys look at the, at the group that you have. What excites you the most about this 2023 season and these guys you have on that defensive side of the football, Coach? Well, I, I think what excites me the most is what we can become. As I watch these guys recruit, you know, Sione Puha, Kelly Pupinga, Justin Anna, and and Gennaro Guilford, those four guys are phenomenal recruiters. And you put the BYU name behind those guys and just everything the fan base is about. Uh, it's It's been great so far, and I'm excited to see what it can become because I think uh, the sky's the limit in recruiting um, with the world of NIL and, and our fans and everything else that's out there. I just think it can be super special. Uh, there have been reports uh, that uh, the negotiations might be breaking down or not getting quite what they uh, wanted in the Pac-12 as far as a media rights deal. And we're hearing rumors that uh, that the Big 12 is now talking to the four corner schools in the Pac-12, which are Utah, Colorado, Arizona, and Arizona State. How would you feel uh, having Utah in the Big 12 and 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 resuming that rivalry between Utah and BYU. Well, I don't know that it's my place to speak on what they'll do or not do, but I, I do know this. I grew up playing in the rivalry. I grew up watching the rivalry even before I played in it, coached in it for many years, and I love it. I love the game. I love what it represented. 
Um, I love it for the fans, and um, it's a crazy game. Everybody knows that. So I I don't know that anybody has a crystal ball or can say what will happen or what won't happen. But uh, as far as that game, I love it. Um, As far as who they are up there, obviously I love those guys and that coaching Mm -hmm. staff and what they represent. So there's just so many cool things about football in the state of Utah right now. Uh, off-season injuries for uh, two of your most notable linebackers, Ben Bywater and Max Tooley. Where are those guys at in terms of recovery? And Is it the kind of thing where you go, hey, we're just going to take her easy in the spring here and make sure that we are going to get 100% right after some surgeries and things like that? And is it going to be kind of a normal timetable return? Because those two names are massive for you guys, and obviously Coach Anna to be able to uh, you know, dial those guys in. These are, these are guys who get 100-plus tackles over the last couple seasons apiece. You know, when, they're, when they're healthy, that defense is really, really good. Well, it is a big deal for us because they are phenomenal players. I've yet to get to coach these guys, really. I've uh, been around them. I was especially around Ben during the bowl game preparation. But it wasn't really uh, – coaching had not established our scheme at all at that point, um, but got to watch him play and was super impressed with him. I was very impressed with Max, even back to the high school days. I got to see him practice one day in high school and thought he was a phenomenal player. Um, but, yeah, we need those guys back. And uh, I think them doing their rehab and us taking the proper timing is critical. But also those guys got to get back on the field because it's a brand-new defense for them too. And although they're learning it right now, they need the opportunity to be in there engaged in the practice and seeing it how – we want them to see it and really to coach them the way we want to coach them. So you've, you mentioned recruiting and, and your guys on defense and how great they do uh, in recruiting. And you recruited at Utah when you coached there and you had special challenges when you were at Weber state and just did a phenomenal job up there. Now that you're at BYU and the perception out there is that BYU is a hard place to recruit. You know, you have the honor code, you have different issues that, uh, there's this perceived challenge in recruiting. Now that you've been there, um, how how accurate is that? Uh, is it more myth than it is reality? What what has been your experience with recruiting at BYU? Well, I think it's all a matter of perception, right? If people want to try to spin things in a negative, they can. I've never been that kind of person. I have not seen that necessarily so far at this point. Are there going to be guys? out there that might uh, not come to BYU because of some of the things you mentioned, probably. But at the same time, there's going to be guys, you know, four or five-star guys that come here because it is BYU. And we will have a shot at them only because it is BYU. And so I would say more than not, the, the number of guys we get will far outweigh the number of ones that we don't. And then we have to do a phenomenal job with those ones that maybe aren't acquainted with the church um, and getting them lured here. And then more than anything, we got to do a great job of making sure that the kids that are members of the church or the ones that grow up in Utah and understand what BYU football is, we got to do a phenomenal job of recruiting those guys to the program, to the fan base, and to what BYU is and has been. BYU assistant head coach, defensive coordinator Jay Hill joining us on Unrivaled. Uh, we've had Kalani on this program a, a bunch of times. We've talked to him and that energy he brings, and that's something special, obviously, to be able to invite you and to make it, you know, that pitch for you to come down to BYU. I think people, his character speaks for himself for the reason that guys like going there. What were the things that you immediately came in and thought, 
Okay, I'm going to put my Jay Hill fingerprints on this. What's something that you went in and you went, not not necessarily to be like they weren't doing this well enough or whatever, but you were, you're saying, I want to come in and I want to be able to do X, Y, and Z. What was kind of something you did right off the bat? I'm trying to think of me, you know, what, what, what kind of my signatures are, what I want our players to be. I want them to love football. And so that was something I tried to put into those guys right away is how do you get to have the intrinsic motivation where you love football? And a lot of that comes from knowledge of the game. So getting right away, teaching them football, understanding of football, I think was huge getting the team even closer knit than they already were, I think is a big part of intrinsic motivation. And then trying to give them ownership of not only the team, but of their own personal development, I think is huge. And where that starts reflecting where I've already seen things is grades start increasing or our academics have got better already. I see a little bit more juice and excitement in the weight room than I did. Uh, we just hit some huge maxes the other day. Uh, I was watching those on week. Twitter. I was watching those on Twitter, Coach. I mean, I was like, my heavens, that's when those uh, blood vessels and the eyeballs pop out on those 650-pound uh, <laughs> squats, some, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, the one, the, there, there's been some phenomenal gains that we're starting to see. And, again, a lot of that is just maybe just some new blood and new uh, breath in, in what we're doing. And a lot of it is, you know, uh, aligning Kalani's vision with my vision with uh, Coach Roderick's vision on offense. I I've seen I've seen some new juice just with the discipline and structure, and that's always been the things that I prided myself on was the structure, the discipline, the toughness that the teams we had at Weber State always had. And, you know, a, a lot of that goes back to giving credit to Coach Whittingham, what I learned from him, and giving credit to, you know, Ron McBride, Gary Anderson, uh, Urban Meyer, the coaches I've been around in the past. Those guys were all phenomenal at just the details, the discipline, and the structure of the game. And, um, you know, that's all we've been trying to instill is the things that obviously I had learned as a young coach and had the opportunity to, to put in practice when I was up at Weber State. Yeah, you, speaking of Weber State, I mean, you did a tremendous job up there. What was the key to your success? What were the things you were actually doing that, that caused you to have that success? Well, recruiting, I mean, first and foremost, it always starts with the players. We have great players. They have great players there now. And I, I fully suspect that they're going to do really good going forward because, I mean, I watch the same thing. You were talking about Twitter and some of the films and things that, that they post on online, and those guys look <laughs> primed to have another great year. So it all starts with them. We were able to recruit to a really good institution and a good place. I had phenomenal coaches. While I was there, um, those nine years I was there, I probably lost 13 or 14 guys to Power 5-type schools. So uh, I was truly blessed with great assistant coaches. And then that's one more thing is uh, one of the hardest things to do is to lead that coaching staff because they have great coaches there right now. And I, I think it, that, it was just a combination of that, players, coaches, administration, the schools easy to recruit to and – um, they really did support the heck out of what we were trying to do. Jay Hill joining us on Unrivaled here. Coach, as you get going and spring kind of fires up, what's the thing that excites you the most? I mean, and, and what are you guys able to do with guys this time of year versus what you're not able to do in terms of how much time you can spend, how much coaching you can do, and then when it gets cut off again at the end of spring? Well, I'm excited for a new challenge. Uh, 
the Big 12 is exciting to me. The huge stadiums we're going to go into, the you know, the prestige of the Big 12 and and just the opponents that we're going to be playing, uh, the caliber of teams that we'll be playing. I mean, having Oklahoma coming into Lavelle Edwards Stadium next year is exciting and going to the University of Texas and some of these other places that we're going to be playing. Uh, that, that's exciting to me. I know it is for the players and getting ready for those caliber games um, is exciting. I, I, if there's one thing I really did miss was the the huge stadiums, the big atmospheres. Uh, I did miss that a little bit when I was at Weber State. Uh, once the ball was kicked off, it was college football at a high level. But that, the atmospheres that we're going to get in the Big 12 will be uh, super exciting to me. And then, you know, some of the challenges, obviously, that we face are getting this new defense put into place. It's a very uh, detailed and complicated defense uh, to learn. And um, so getting that stuff in place is one of the big challenges. One of the things they do allow us to do now is we can do walkthroughs leading up to spring ball. Um, it's pretty limited on, you know, the speed and tempo and things that you can <laughs> do with it. Um, but there are opportunities to at least have introduce the players to what we're going to be doing before they have to do a practice one. Can it be like speed, a speed walkthrough, <laughs> a speed walking? They've actually let up on a lot of the rules. You know, you can have 11 on 11. Now you can actually have a oh, football wow. out there for walkthroughs. And so, you know, some of the things that were so strict and stringent before they have let up on a little bit, um, but, you know, they, you obviously can't have pads. You can't do anything with any equipment. or So there's restrictive things now. And yeah, the biggest thing that restricts you is you have an eight-hour rule, and so much of our time right now goes to uh, each week is goes to uh, strength and conditioning. So there's just not that much time to get on the field and do that. You now, starting next week on, on uh, Monday, we go into 20-hour work weeks where we can have those guys a lot more and start doing a lot more football. Coach Jay Hill, uh, you know what I'm excited about, too, is actually uh, having an open-to-the-public uh, spring game as well on the schedule, having that stadium open again. That'll be really fun for you guys, too. Oh, heck, yeah. They said that last year for the alumni game, they had tens of thousands of people <laughs> there for the alumni game. You know, you get Steve Young and some of those those greats coming back and playing quarterback and doing some of those things. I hope we can get the right guys back because, obviously, BYU's uh, history and and just the prestige of the program and everything. I'm mean, I'm excited to see who will come back and play in that. And I'm excited to get going. Obviously, the 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 spring game will be fun. I promise it'll be good for the fans. I hope we get good weather for that game because we we fully suspect that we'll have a great turnout for it. Yeah, I I had to do the, the sidelines for those for the radio broadcast, and we've had bad weather. We've had amazing weather. We've had overtime games. It's the kind of stuff that it can be uh, an awesome experience for those fans. Coach Jay Hill joining us. We're excited uh, to see uh, spring football fire up for everybody across the state, including you guys next week. Good luck with everything, Coach. We'll talk with you again. Okay. Appreciate it. You too, guys. There you go. There's uh, Coach Jay Hill. Man, that guy loves uh, his, his job, doesn't he? Yeah. And, I mean, you have to just be super impressed with what he did at Weber State and um, they're, they're doing things that they're confident in and they know work, you know, and, and that's so much of it is just that belief and having something you believe in. And, uh, it'll, it'll be exciting to see where, where it all goes. Uh, I'm just fascinated with recruiting. Yeah. It's you know, a, it's cause, cause thing. I know it changed at Utah when they went to the PAC 12, it was like, you just, you had access to players you just never got before. And I wonder how much that has changed for BYU now. And 
and how, how that will continue to develop in the future. With the access and insight on the teams you're passionate about. I love it, baby. Presented baby, baby, baby. by G2G Bars. This is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. We're just, uh, we're just, we're just discussing the type of personality that is the thrower upper before football games or before any game. Now, football's fine. I mean, not really, but like you don't want to be a thrower upper in uh, basketball. Hockey, you just kind of zamboni that thing <laughs> if you throw up on the ice. Don't you just zamboni it? <laughs> Well, they throw things on the ice like octopus. Oh yeah, man! You were stuff. in Detroit. They were big time yeah. throwing seafood out yeah. there. Uh, I actually, you no, know, I kind of have a kind of fragile stomach right now, and this is kind of making me quizzy. <laughs> quizzy, quizzy. Oh, you got to settle down, buddy. You get nervous before a show, start throwing up. I get really funny when I when I get nervous. I yawn a ton. Yeah. So like I'm because I did a lot of stage stuff and. And anytime I was about to go on stage, anytime I was about to do maybe some stand-up or whatever, I was yawning like crazy. And See, I was like, what is this? now that you mentioned the word yawn, it's like I want to yawn. Yeah. I'm like doing don't everything do I can to not yeah, yawn don't do right it. now. Don't do it. If you do, just go, oh, it's because I'm just so nervous and jacked up for the show. Actually, they I'm claim yawning. that yawning is a, is a term of endearment. It's like a form of. That is the biggest load of crap. Honey, I yawned while you were look doing, telling your story because I just love you so much. Look it up. Much. Whatever. Hey, joining us on the program right now, Matt Biamonte, uh, host of Cougar Sports Saturday, uh, BYU Insider for KSL Sports. And uh, Matt, what's up, man? How you doing? Uh, I'm great. I, I, what else did you go on stage for? Stand up? Oh. And what, were you in plays back in the day? Yeah, man. Are you a I musical was, uh, theater guy, I was, Alex? I, 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 you know, it's interesting because I tell my kid this all the time. He's like, that's for nerds. I was like, I was captain of the football team, and I was Judd in the, in the, in the musical Oklahoma. And uh, I did I did that whole divine comedy thing down at BYU too. So I did the I did the sketch comedy oh, stuff cool. on, on stage as well. So yeah, I. But listen, singing is where uh, I've really just that's where I that's where I blossom, Matt. If you're wondering, that's where I blossom. So uh, <laughs> I was wondering. Had, Good to know. I know. We just had uh, Jay Hill on the program, and uh, that's a guy who brings something different. And I want to kind of continue the conversation about what he brings to BYU. And he, it just seems like he understood. He understands what BYU is about from day one. You don't have to explain to him uh, what Kalani's trying to accomplish, what BYU's trying to accomplish, what the assignment is, and and maybe some of the. You know, Scott brought up some of the difficulties in, in recruiting, and he's like, "No, nah, I don't think it's difficult at all. Like we have the Big Twelve. Uh, there are certainly some things here, but we have to like really lean into the guys who." want to be BYU guys and understand what that means. What has Jay Hill already brought to Kalani's program? I think the number one thing he's already brought, guys, and it was sorely needed, is accountability. And, and I'm not talking about uh, you make a mistake, I yank you, or you don't play. They're just they're, – you know, Kalani has built the culture, uh, love and learn. It's very friendly. It's player friendly, and that's great. But there also has to be the other side of things, too, where there's some accountability, where if you're not playing well, it's an open competition, or maybe even in-game, we're going to sit you out some series. I just felt like there was some tough love missing from the football program in the past couple of years, and I think instantly he just brings that respect. It, it, when you look at Jay Hill, I think you, you totally respect Jay Hill. 
for what he's done at Weaver State. And respect, I think, is the right word that you want from someone like him, especially your associate head coach. Uh, great respect. It's not your buddy. It's not your best friend. But you respect the heck out of this guy. And so I just think from day one, he's going to bring some uh, uh, needed accountability. And then on top of that, I think what he's, what he's already bringing is a level of recruiting, which I think you saw in the transfer portal. He, he had a huge hand in a lot of the guys that they brought in on the defensive side of the football. They needed to shore up the defensive line. They needed to add some depth in the secondary, which they did. And I think a lot of that credit goes to Jay Hill. We've heard for years how great of a recruiter he is. And I think that's going to help you going forward because now you couple Jay Hill with exactly what he talked about in your show, Big 12, Power 5, all those things. I think you're going to see an uptick in recruiting as well. So it, it hasn't taken long for Kalani and this program to to reap the benefits of the Jay Hill hire. Um, there's been discussion. I'm just going to throw it out there right oh, now. Oh, boy. There's been discussion. Oh, here we go. Let's go. <laughs> about uh, the breakdown. Utah with... to the Big 12. Is that where we're going? <laughs> yeah, just yes. say it. Just All say right, it. fine. There you go. Um, how do you feel about that? Do you think that uh, Utah would be a good partner in the Big 12? And, and really all the other, I guess, the four-corner schools is – there's been that discussion. So um, how do you feel about that? I don't want Utah. I don't think Utah would be a good partner in the Big 12. I think Utah has aspirations to do what USC and UCLA did. I think that they want to be on the biggest stage and go to the Big 10. And that's, that's great. I have no problem with that. It, I think I've talked about this before with you guys. The Big 12, although I think is more stable than the Pac-12 right now, it's still fragile. And all the existing Big 12 teams, plus the four new ones, I think there's a desire between all of them to build a new stable conference where they're in lockstep, there's equal revenue sharing, there's not a big dog. Like, I don't know if you guys saw the reports earlier in the week, I'm sure you did. Florida State, Clemson, it's not fair, our brands are bigger, we need more. Right. I don't want any of that in the Big 12. I just want a stable collective group moving forward in, in college athletics and so I would just be really careful with who you bring in from the Pac-12, not because the, the programs aren't great. Like, Utah's a great football program. They're awesome. And, and Arizona State, I think, is on the rise. And, like, Oregon and Washington, great historic programs. But I think some of these schools, Utah included, want to be in the Big Ten. They want to be at that elite level, which is the SEC and the Big Ten, and because of that, that, that's not a wrong desire. That just doesn't fit what the Big 12 is trying to do. So to answer your question, no, I do not want Utah. Ah, hang on just a sec. Hang on those. just a gosh darn second. What are you saying here, Matt? You're saying you want a, a, just an average mediocre conference? You don't want teams to rise up to an elite level? You just want them all to be happy and kumbaya and get along and not be bothered by anyone? Don't you want? Uh... Of, of, of course, I want the Big 12 to be to be at the highest level possible. But there's nothing they can do. No offense to Utah or Oregon or Washington. Those those additions don't make the Big 12 suddenly on the same tier as the SEC and the Big 10. Those two are way ahead of everyone else, including the ACC, which you know, ACC is outside of Clemson. I think really underachieved and, and maybe the worst Power Five conference in the past couple of years. Clemson removed, and look, Clemson's won national titles, so they've kept the ACC afloat but no one is touching that that it is what it is the fight is for the third place 
And that's fine with me. I, I don't I, I just think it would be hard for the conference to bring people in and they're like, hey, we're going to come, but we're going to sign this e- exception where if the Big Ten comes calling, then we're going to go or we don't want to sign a, a longer grant of rights because you know things are changing. No, none of that. BYU did not do that. Houston, UCF, they didn't do that. They're just, hey, we're happy to be here. Let's make a great conference. Let's make the third best conference behind the SEC. And I think that needs to be protected because if you find someone who wants to splinter things, then you could find yourself in the situation that the Pac-12 is in now. So I definitely I I got to protect that, guys. I feel like you're one of those guys that does the whole, I feel like it's a toxic rivalry. Are you one of those dudes who goes, I just don't like the feelings that I get when these games are being played? No, I love that game. Uh, that game is great. I, I think it would be it would be the best game, football game in the Big 12 right out of the gate, for sure. It, it, it definitely would. I think the Big 12 going down the road is going to miss some of those marquee games that they've had, like the Red River game, and uh, I can't even remember the nickname for Oklahoma Oklahoma State, but the they're going to miss series. some of that. Bedlam, thank you, Bedlam. So I'm sorry, all right, I forgot. <laughs> what, what's Kansas, Kansas State? <laughs> That's the, sun, the, the sunflower power. That's the uh, what is it? <laughs> sunflower power. I don't know what it is. It's the battle for the sunflower. I'm, yeah, I'm not an anti-robbery guy. I just I I also kind of view it from, and this might be the wrong way to view it, especially being a local. But I just kind of view it from like, what does the other than the rivalry and a good football program in Utah? You're not adding a new time zone. You're not adding a new market. Like I think from a Big Twelve perspective, like the, the Arizona schools make the most sense if, if you're going to expand first just because you'd be tapping into something new rather than something that you already have in BYU. But I'm, I'm definitely not an anti-robbery guy. I just no. – I really am worried about Utah wanting to be in the Big 12, which is a, a – or the Big 10, I mean, which is a totally fine aspiration. I just don't think it's, it's – it would be healthy for the Big 12 as they're trying to reestablish some stability. Uh, Matt, what do you guys have on uh, Cougar Sports Saturday tomorrow on KSL News Radio, brother? We got Kelly Popinga breaking down the defense. So uh, we're looking forward to chatting with K-pop and getting a read on what they're going to be focusing on in spring football. And it's just going to be a spring football extravaganza. BRU starts mm-hmm. things off on Monday. We'll be down there and uh, looking forward to it. So sp- football is back in some form which will be nice to get away from all these ridiculous rumors we've been getting all off season. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Hey, if I'm not getting my fill of UF, USFL or XFL, then I want the rumor mill churning <laughs> before uh, before hey, I really start Before to we go, quickly, football. is there anything yes. you like from the XFL that you want adopted to the NFL? I, uh, I, wait, so is the XFL the one that's been doing the – I like the non – I like a three-point like three conversion – just because I'm what? a weirdo like that, I think it's awesome. I think the three-point conversion is amazing because, and it's. I don't like the the onside kick deal where they go, "Hey, you just scored a touchdown. You have the option of going of getting the ball back." That doesn't make any sense. Like getting the ball back, agreed. To just go to to be able to get another shot, it seems like you're uh, you're rewarding the wrong person uh, for that. But I think a three-point conversion could probably make some games. Way more interesting, but that's uh, that's just me because I'm a weirdo. All right, Matt, thanks for uh, hanging out, buddy. We'll uh, we'll talk to you again. Thanks for being with us. Yep. Have a good weekend, you guys. Take care. There you go, Matt. Bye, Matt. Bye, bye, Matt. Uh, man, Re Medical is Utah's only physician-owned and operated wellness clinic, offering ED treatments that are discreet, non-invasive, and customized to you.
Remedical.com is the website. That's remedical.com. Let's come back. We will uh, finish things up, get you ready for the Jazz pregame coming up as the Jazz and Thunder face off, and we'll chat with Tom Curl one more time as well. More to go around the corner, 97.5 EKSL Sports Zone. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.